Hi, I'm so excited to share this session with you today because one of the most common questions I get asked is, how do I get my child to even pick up a book and read? Can you relate? Now, while I can't wave a magic wand and fix that for you, I can offer you my top tips and strategies for incentivizing reading so that you can help build your child's internal motivation to read. Before I jump into that, let me take a quick moment to introduce myself. Hi, I'm Ellen Westbrook, and you've probably already recognized me as the host of this Reluctant Reader Summit. But beyond that, I'm a wife, married to my husband for almost 10 years, and together we have two high-energy boys, Sadie, who's seven, and Hunter will be turning four in May, and together we live in Greensboro, North Carolina. I hold a degree in elementary education from Elon University, but I never quite found my way into a formal classroom setting. Life had different plans for me, but I have found other ways to use my skills over the years, including founding engaging reluctant readers, creating resources, many courses and opening my membership to the Developing Ravenous Readers Club. But I think the most important thing that you need to know about me is that I spent 20 plus years as a reluctant reader. So I know a thing or two and probably understand a bit about where your reluctant reader is coming from. But I wish I could say that I had this internal desire to make that change on my own. But sadly, it wasn't until I became a mom that something finally clicked. And I decided to make the switch for the sake of my boys. I knew the impact of my own reluctant reader journey, and I didn't want them to follow in my Growing up, there were occasional moments where a teacher would select a book that I could connect with or gave us an assignment that tapped into my love of the arts. Former dancer, thespian, and hobbyist painter, thanks to COVID over here. And, I, and it was through those moments that I was finally able to find the joy in reading. But the rest of the time, I saw reading as a chore and something to dread, and I was willing to shortcut around it whenever I could. So when it comes to motivating your reluctant reader, it's all about unlocking those magical moments so that they can find the joy and pleasure in reading or otherwise known as intrinsic motivation so that they want to pick up a book and read, not once, but over and over and over again. So before we dive into how you use incentives, I think it's important to quickly understand the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. First of all, Intrinsic motivation comes from within, so they're driven by a true interest in the activity itself, in this case, reading. Extrinsic comes from external factors, such as rewards, punishments, and even social pressure. So they're driven by those external benefits or consequences rather than their own personal interest or enjoyment. So I'm sure you can see why the goal is to help them discover that intrinsic motivation for themselves. But how do we do that? I know parents often wonder whether or not using rewards will actually help create a love of reading for their child, or will they only read if being rewarded? And I'm here first to tell you, this is a genuine concern, but you can use incentives to build that love of reading if done correctly. Here's the deal. When dealing with a reluctant reader, using some type of motivation or incentive is gonna be key to fostering a love of reading. And that's because it's not something that they're naturally drawn to, and they're not gonna be able to discover that fun and joy that comes from books unless they're routinely engaging with them. And that's not going to happen if they're not willing to sit down and read with you or better yet, crack open a book on their own. So let's start with the basics of what you need to know when it comes to incentivizing reading for your child. First of all, incentives are intended to only be used short term. This is where we don't want to build up that reliance. Second, to help keep that from happening, you want to use a variety of different incentives so that it, they don't start to connect any one type of reward with books and reading. You also don't necessarily need to inform them up front that they're going to be getting a reward. Again, this is going to create that connection between books and reward 
And that's not what we want. You also want to make sure that you're considering your unique child when it comes to selecting the incentives that you use. In this case, rewards are not created equal. Let me encourage you to keep it as simple as possible. So don't set goals that are too high or too difficult for them to achieve because this can lead to discouragement. And I also want you to put as much focus as possible on rewarding effort, not the outcome. So whenever you can, let's focus on let's read for 10 minutes, regardless of how many pages are completed versus saying let's read an entire chapter or anything along those lines. Is it okay to do that from time to time? Yes, but let's try and keep the focus more on that effort. I also don't want you to be afraid to get creative because rewards don't always have to be something that's store-bought or even tangible. And yes, while paper does come from trees, money doesn't. And having to buy reward after reward is not a sustainable option. And lastly, you're going to want to eventually reduce and remove the reward once they've discovered their intrinsic motivation to read. So with that, let's talk a bit about the two biggest mistakes that I see parents making when it comes to incentivizing reading. First of all, incentivizing for too long. As we mentioned, there's a fine line that you can dance between using incentives to help build intrinsic motivation and then becoming reliant on that reward or extrinsic motivation. So we want to keep it as short-term as possible. And as soon as we see even the slightest glimmer of that intrinsic motivation, we're going to remove that reward. And I'll talk more about that later. The second one is not working on fostering a love of reading in the process. So let's chat a bit about what you can do to foster a love of reading for your child. And then we'll get into how you choose the incentives for your child. When fostering a love of reading, it's really important to do these things. I'm going to give you nine because they're my top favorites. Number one, I want you to let them choose what they want to read. Following their interests is going to be one of the biggest motivators out there for getting them to crack open a book. Number two, I want you to develop a reading routine in your home so that they have more opportunities to engage with books in a positive way. Number three, I want you to create the invitation to read. And what I mean by this is having books visible, accessible, and offering them in a space that is warm and inviting so they want to curl up and read a book in it. And better yet, if you can get, can get them engaged in the process of creating that space, all the better. Number four, I want you to help make stories come alive for them because books can be so much more than words on a page. But as a recovering reluctant reader myself, I can tell you that that doesn't necessarily come as a natural skill. It takes a while to get the imagination juices flowing be able to transpose the words on the page to creating kind of that like running movie in your head. So the more you can do to make books come to life for them, that's going to help aid in the process. Number five, I want you to model reading for your child, not just in having them sit next to you and watch you read out loud to them. I want them to catch you reading. And the reason for this is it helps them see the value in reading and that you can take pleasure from it versus it just being something that people have to do because of school or business. So number six, read together. This can be either done one-on-one -on -one or as a family. Again, this is going to instill that value that reading is a fun, enjoyable experience. It's something that you don't just see as a chore or homework assignment. Number seven, I want you to go beyond the book to help them gain deeper connections, either to what they're reading. So whether that's the character or the plot, or even helping them make connections between the book that they're reading and the world that they live in, or even real life experiences that, that they've been through. And the reason for this is they're going to be able to understand that books go way beyond 
that homework assignment, that thing that they have to do for school. Number eight, I want you to help build their reading skills. So if you have a struggling reader, this is going to be very obvious that they need this re reinforcement. But even as a recovering reluctant reader, I can tell you that the lack of reading for pleasure can still impact those other skills like fluency and speed and comprehension. To this day, I'm still a naturally slow reader. I have to reread passages over and over. Am I getting better with practice? Absolutely. But am I where I would have been had I never taken a break from reading? Absolutely not. So I want you to work on those skills with them. Even if they have those foundational skills down, I guarantee there's other ones that can use some boosting as well. Which leads me into number nine. Speaking of boosting, I want you to help boost their reading confidence. Not only am I a recovering reluctant reader, but I'm also an introvert. So the idea of getting up in front of a classroom to read a passage out loud was intimidating. And not just because I was an introvert, but because I doubted my own skills because I wasn't getting enough practice and I didn't feel confident and comfortable enough with those skills. So if you have a struggling reader, this is absolutely going to be a difficult thing for them. And even if you have a reader that has all those necessary skills, as I mentioned, that lack of practice, that can also contribute to them having low reading confidence. So I want you to do what you can to boost that confidence. And if you happen to have a differently wired child, I want you to consider that there's probably other factors for them that are affecting their confidence levels. And this is going to trickle into their reading confidence as well. So very important to boost that confidence. Now, hopefully you've noticed that a lot of these topics are prevalent across several of the summit sessions. And I'll be diving a little bit deeper into the nine I just mentioned on BIP day during my Rediscovering Family Fun semester class. Um, otherwise, I could honestly go on forever about this topic. So as you're using incentives for your child to pick up a book and read more frequently, I want you to remember that your job as the parent is also to be helping them foster a love of reading in the process. Another way you can do this beyond those nine I just mentioned is by having conversations with you. You need to help them realize the joy that comes from reading, that there are benefits from learning new things, and lastly, the magic that comes from getting lost in a good book or story. Now, I know what you're thinking, but Ellen, you still haven't told me how to actually use and select incentives for my child to get them reading. Don't worry, here are my action steps for you. Number one, I want you to observe your child. I want you to think about what they're most drawn to. Do they thrive on competition? Are they a social butterfly that enjoys engaging with others? Do you happen to have a perfectionist child? Or are they naturally drawn to art, craft, music, and movement like I was? Can you find them with some type of technology in their hands 90% of the time? Or do they love being in the kitchen with you, cooking and baking? I want you to also consider if you know what their love language is. And if not, there's a quiz in my Motivating Reluctant Readers Guide, which you'll find linked below this video. But until you have a chance to check that out, here are the five love languages. There's physical touch, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, and receiving gifts. And I honestly love that we can use that love language to help create a connection for them to books and reading. More on this in a bit. And then lastly, I also want you to ask yourself, have they shown any interest in reading? And if they have, what were they reading? Are they struggling with their reading skills? Have they received a diagnosis or do you suspect that they might be neurodiverse or differently or a differently wired child? These are all important things to note because offering an incentive like a reading tracker or a reading challenge might, might work really well for a competitive child, but would probably backfire if used with a perfectionist one. 
they'd likely end up feeling discouraged the moment they missed a day or couldn't complete a challenge activity. So you'll be able to find categorized lists with suggested incentives inside my free gift, the Motivating Reluctant Readers Guide, as I mentioned, link below this video. And ultimately, I want you to consider that you know your child best, so you can pick and choose from any of the other, other categories. If you think they'd be more drawn to something or something might be a better fit, um, these are just a baseline. Now, as you get a moment to take a look at those, I want you to pick three or four to start out with and then continue cycling through and weeding out the ones that do and don't work as you go. I want you to also be sure to keep note of the ones that do so you don't lose touch. And then depending on the incentive that you've chosen, I want you to consider that you don't need to tell your child that once they're gonna receive that reward for reading. Just offer it the next time that you catch them. Some examples of these would be giving them their favorite snack or bonus if it's a book-related snack. After you catch them reading, you can give them 10 extra minutes of playtime before heading up for bed. You can even offer them words of praise. This one's really good anytime you catch them in the act of reading. Now, obviously, if you've chosen something like letting them pick the next game at family game night or letting them create their own reading tracker or bookmark, you're going to want to clue them in ahead of time because you're using this as motivation up front to get them to actually open the book and read. A good combination of using both types of incentives is important. And then the final thing I want you to consider is I want you to incentivize reading with reading as much as possible. This can be things like reading together, creating book-related rewards like a bookmark or a special library bag, getting them the next book in the series that they're enjoying. That's a favorite of mine. You can also have fun with book scavenger hunts or reading bingo. You can even include an extra trip to the library or bookstore or letting them browse book trailers with you on YouTube to select their next book. Just to name a few. Again, the full list is in my guide, link below. Now, before I wrap things up, I'm guessing the final question on your mind is, now that I've got them reading, how do I remove the incentives without it causing problems? Number one, start by reducing the frequency or increase the talent. So if they're receiving a reward for every book, make it every two or then three, or instead of increasing the number of books, you can opt for longer books so it requires a little more time and effort to complete them. Over time, slowly step down until the only incentive that remains is the joy that they get from reading. Now, let me add, if at any point you fall off your habit of reading and you need a bit of a refresher, you can absolutely reintroduce the rewards at this point. Just again, as soon as you start to see that internal motivation or that habit start to come back again, you're going to want to step that back down and eliminate that reward. Number two, if at any point you start to feel pushback as you remove the reward or incentive, I want you to go back those, to those conversations I mentioned earlier. Remember, your, your goal is to help them realize the joy that comes from reading the benefits of learning new things, and the magic of getting lost in a good story. Number three, another thing you can do is you can swap out tangible rewards with types of positive reinforcement. Now, this is where I love to tap into their five love languages. Again, the quiz is linked in my guide. So if your child's love language is physical touch, make sure that you capitalize on reading time as being a bonding experience for them. Snuggle up next to them and let them read to you or read to them. If their love language is quality time, put that phone away and either read together or after reading is over, let them do something with you that they really enjoy or are passionate about. If your child's love language is acts of service, I want you to take the pressure off and read a book to them. Reading is a hard skill and this allows them to just sit back and enjoy the story. 
If their love language is words of affirmation, offer them genuine words of praise. And this works well for all kids uh, in terms of boosting reading confidence. I want you to consider if they're working on a particular skill, you can say something like, I love how you broke that word down into chunks and blended it back together. Or even saying something as simple as, I love listening to you read to me. And just because their love language is words of affirmation, don't overlook the nonverbal forms of communication, like a pat on the back or even a high five. And finally, if your child's love language is receiving gifts, this can be a tricky one not to get caught up in the tangible items aspect, but this could be something that you either make together or something that you've made for them like a bookmark or even a book-related experience that you two can share together, like a trip to the zoo or museum after reading about a similar topic. Now, I know that was a lot to cover and I really only just skimmed the surface. So if you want to learn more tips about how you can help turn your reluctant reader into a future bookworm, I hope you find me over on Instagram and Facebook at Engaging Reluctant Readers or at my website at engagingreluctantreaders.com. You can also check out my Developing Ravenous Readers Club via the link below this video. And of course, you already have my email from all of the Summit updates and you can just hit reply and I'm more than happy to answer any questions that you have. Thanks again for tuning into my session and be sure to grab your Motivating Reluctant Readers Guide today. And if you snag the VIP pass, you've got access to my Engaging Reluctant Readers Challenge, which is a 30-day email challenge designed to help you put an end to hearing that reading is boring. So within this challenge, you'll receive a daily reading prompt via email to help you create a consistent reading routine while at the same time creating positive reading experiences and newfound excitement for reading in the process. I'm so happy to chat with you today, and I can't wait to answer any questions that you have either during my live Q&A and or outside the summit over on social media, again, at Engaging Reluctant Readers or an email land at ellen at engagingreluctantreaders.com because I know that you're here because you are ready to get your reluctant reader excited and engaged with books so that they can fall in love, not just with reading, but learning.